Welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it's You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. Stop the rage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we finish up our month of mad scientist here mm. on the Retro Blood in 1980s horror movies. Up next, if you like tan guys and speedos, if you like confusing doctor plots about <laughs> what world takeover that they turn into zombies. And there's like one guy who was like, there's like a road warrior kind of guy on there. And then if you like, um, I'm confusing plots of, yeah. a, of a guy killing his parents, but being fine after that, everything's okay. <laughs> this is a review for you, brother, because Retro Blood's talking all about death warmed up. Yeah. Yeah. A New Zealand podcast or, or, or New Zealand yeah. episode. <laughs> Well, it's going to be a New yeah. Zealand podcast, too. But it's going to be a New Zealand episode. We don't really do a lot of New Zealand stuff on here, do we, Austin? Yeah, we, we've we've never done New Zealand. Yeah. I don't think we've ever done a New Zealand movie before. So this is a first for us. This is an all-New Zealand episode, apparently. Exactly, exactly. It's going to be... Uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to make everything centered around the New Zealand because, New Zealand. you know, so you know, we decided to do this mad scientist month because, you know, obviously yeah. we wanted to get the fly and uh, reanimate it. We oh, wanna, yeah. definitely want to talk about those. But, you know, finding a lot of mad scientist movies that are not necessarily Frankenstein movies is not that easy. Mm-hmm. So I remember mm-hmm. when we were we were thinking about doing a Frankenstein movie, but I was like, eh, yeah, let's do let's do let's do something else, something out of, out there, like something like kind of random. Yeah. And I came across this movie and like to be honest with you, um, the thing that caught my eye most about the movie was the uh, was like the one of the actors in it because okay. it, it has. Um, uh, have you ever seen the show uh, Hercules? Nope. From, what, you never seen that show Hercules from back in the day? Absolutely, absolutely not. Is it? It has the guy um, has Kevin Sorbo in yeah, it. Yeah, Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Yeah, I've never watched that. Okay, so we all know this Kevin Sorbo. You know, nowadays that guy's all weird and shit. But yeah, I know who Kevin Sorbo is. Yeah, but bro, I used to love that show. Like when I was okay. a little youngster, I watched almost every episode of that Hercules. I watched most of the episodes of Xena, Warrior Princess, because yeah. that was a spinoff right. show. Yeah. But what caught my eye was the 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 main actor in this movie, the, the Michael character, is actually. Michael Hurst, who was the 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 sidekick for Hercules. Really? Yes. Really? Huh. Yeah, he well, was that, that blonde I, I guess dude. that kind of makes sense, right? Because wasn't the Hercules show and the Xena show, weren't they filmed in New Zealand? Uh, yes, they were. 
They were yeah, definitely they were. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've never seen those. I I mean, I'm not totally against the Hercules show. I just felt like Kevin Sorbo just kind of looked too small to be Hercules. I don't think he looked that bad to be Hercules. I mean, he had like a I mean, more of a slimmer physique. You know, he ain't no rock on there and no, shit. But, no. you know, he's. I thought it was okay. He was. He had the, he had yeah. the height. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. I mean, he has the height. Come yeah. on. You know, I mean, you know maybe, maybe I'll give it a shot if it's on the Tubi or something. I don't, I don't know. Vince, Vince would have booked him. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he's tall. He would have booked him over yeah. uh, somebody who was two inches shorter. Exactly, brother. Hey, he, did he pass the airport test? There, Allison. Apparently, he did. Have you ever heard about the airport test? Yeah, like uh, the WWE airport test, where yeah. uh, if you stand out in the airport, then you're world champion status. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so our boy Kevin Sorbo, he definitely he passed that test. Now, our boy Michael Hertz, he's on the he's on the shorter side. That's why he got the psychic. He's in, yeah, but he exactly. played uh, Lola's. But I I always liked this character. He was kind of like there. He was like pretty much like the uh, the comedy relief guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he was just yeah. like the he was like the Robin. You know what I mean? He he, he mm-hmm. but he played it really well. He was in both series, and like I I never seen him on anything else except for Hercules <laughs> and stuff. And I saw him on here with the fucking speedo on. Uh, with bro, and you can't tell me he packed something in his junk too. I saw it. Okay, All right, I keep an eye yeah, out for that shit. Yeah, I pay attention yeah. to these movies, brother. And right. I'm sure you do. So I was just like, this is just so random. Well, this whole movie was random, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. These New Zealand people, I don't know what kind of drugs they'd be smoking, brother. But yeah. <laughs> it was pretty wild. The 80s the 80s in New Zealand was a fucking wild-ass place. It's, it has to have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, that is for sure. But, you know, like on every retro blood, uh, we, we, we try to do like a whole weekend for everybody. Talk mm-hmm. what's going on in the world of uh, pro wrestling and metal music around the release date so i couldn't but you know this happens a lot when we do like foreign films we don't have like a pinpoint date that it actually really got released on um it's mostly just 1984 but (laughs) you know look well just pick a month and that's when the movie came out probably so right right so yeah exactly so like um yeah like a lot of these foreign films we don't really necessarily have a pinpoint date but like on this one we didn't have a date at all now it just says 1984 it did 1984 so since we don't have a date we're just going to talk about stuff from new zealand that from the 80s yeah so you know when it comes to the the pro wrestling side and i thought this is actually worked out you know something that i've been meaning to talk about too is a team that we talked about here on the retro blood here and there uh, which is going to be the the team of the Bushwhackers, and yeah. also known as the Sheep Herders. Mm-hmm. All right, they were the sh- they were the Sheep Herders first, right? Yes, actually, well, there's they were actually the uh, the the Kiwis first. The ki- Kiwis, Titan- yeah, they were the Kiwis first. Yes, yes. So you know, this comes off the heels of um, you know us a couple weeks back losing Butch Miller of. Yes. You know, this team as well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to the, the Bushwhackers or the Kiwis or the Sheep Herders, you know, I've always heard that they were very, like, friendly, very friendly people to meet, like, very friendly team to meet. You know, everybody always got along with them. You don't really hear a lot of bad stories about these two gentlemen. Um, obviously, they were born in New Zealand. That's what we're talking about. We're basically doing, like, a character profile on them right now because it ties in with the New Zealand theme. 
And yeah. you know, I thought we would talk a little bit about some of their history, some of the matches, and some of the memories that we have from the from the Bushwhackers. Uh, but yeah, obviously we lost Butch Miller a couple weeks back. Um, it's pretty sad too because he was living in New Zealand and he actually came down for I believe I believe it was WrestleMania weekend and to do some autograph signings. And that's actually where he passed away it was around um, the, the around WrestleMania weekend. And mm-hmm. you know he didn't die with his family there, but he did die with his, some of his close friends like Luke Miller in there. So. Yeah, yeah, he died the day of Russell. The uh, they died the the second day of WrestleMania, right? Yes. Yeah. So very, very, very sad news. Um, but you know, when it comes to the the Bushwhackers, you know, you know, it, it's very, it's like a tale of two characters. Like it's a tale of two different sides of of, of wrestling personalities. So mm-hmm. the best way I can explain it for like anybody who is like a newer fan out here. I mean, this to me, this is this is how I would explain it to like a new fan who doesn't know anything about the Bushwhackers. Maybe has, maybe they watch wrestling right now, but they don't know who the Bushwhackers are or the Sheepherders are. Who nowadays reminds you of that? And to me, it would be John Moxley, and here's why. Okay. Okay. So you know, we had John Moxley nowadays. I mean, this guy comes out there, bleeds every five seconds. Every time he's in a fight, you know, like a match, it's a fight. He's very brutal. He no, you know, not playing around. Fucking full, full business. Gets in there, and beats yeah. their ass. That's kind of like how the mm. sheep herders are. You know what I mean? Back in the day, they play the music. They come out there. They would piss off the crowd. Then they would just get into fights with people, like the wrestlers. So their their matches wouldn't look like technical Jack Briscoe matches and shit. They would go out there and just brawl no, with you the no. whole time. Yeah. I was going to say they remind me of the Briscoes. Well, the, the, uh, the well, Mark, Mark and Jay. Yes. Yes. So the, the sheep herders, you know, definitely like that. John Moxley and the Briscoes. But when the sheep herders went to the WWF, when they came to Bushwhackers, they're all like this like goofy, wacky, friendly team that had like a little bit of edge to them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, it's just weird how that all kind of played out. Um, and the reason I was coming up with John Moxley because you know as as his Dean Ambrose character, you know he did have like a badass side to him, but there was a lot of goofy mm-hmm. stuff that Dean Ambrose did. True. So that's the that's the only kind of like, two kind of comparisons I could do. But to be honest with you, the compares the comparison between the the Bushwhackers and the Sheepherders is is it's just not night and day. And yeah, they're completely almost completely different kind of characters. Yeah. I mean the the. The, the sheep herders were more of a hardcore brawling wrestling team and, and the bushwhackers were kind of silly yeah they're um, basically which is kind of odd for me because it's yeah. like to me and you know in my wrestling lifetime um all i know of them is as the wwe's bushwhackers which you know they were just a silly tag team but you know as i got as i as i dug more into their history and learned more about them I had a lot more respect for them because, like, when they got inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2015, I'm like, okay, they they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel now for people to put in the Hall of Fame. But they really do have a really good history, yeah. and I re- I wish I had known that before they got inducted in the Hall of Fame because they 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 have a very long history in wrestling, both Luke and Butch and all the other people that were in the you know, the, the bush, the sheep herders. Yeah. In, in the me, which I didn't realize but, uh, there was like yeah. multiple incarnations of the sheep herders. Yeah. So it was, I think, was it butch, butch retired kind of early, right? It, originally. Yeah. So he, um, 
So, 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 Belek, uh, so, um, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Butch retired, like I said, like a little early. He wanted to go back to New mm. Zealand. This is around actually the 80s. So it kind of ties yeah, in. in the 80s. So, you know, before then, uh, they were just, a, they were called the Kiwis. Then they would be the Bushwhacker. I mean, they would be the Kiwis. Then they would be the, um, the sheep herders. And then the New Zealand sheep herders. And then, you know, around the 80s time, you know, after um, Butch decided to leave, uh, so they left the uh, the WWC, and then Butch Miller decided he wanted to move closer to home to be with family, and he returned to Australia and New Zealand to wrestle. But uh, but uh, Williams he remained in the United States, reforming the team with Lord Jonathan Boyd. The, mm-hmm. So and then they, they actually they actually did some pretty good uh, work as a two. The new they were called the new sheep herders. The duo yeah, runs in, but yeah. quickly gained a reputation of the most violent, hard hitting teams in the business. In late 1981, in Southern Eastern Championship Wrestling, the team of Robert Fuller and Joseph LeDuc had split up after LeDuc turned on Fuller during a match. LeDuc brought brought in the Sheep Herders to be a part of his Commonwealth Connection stable. Yeah. Yeah, so Southeastern Championship Wrestling was uh, run... um, That's where Arn Anderson kind of got his start, sort of. Yep. Um, and I think it's also a continental championship wrestling, but it, uh, it ran in Dothan, Alabama. Um, so it's like a Gulf, Gulf coast, uh, promotion also in Knoxville. I, I think they, they were centered on Knoxville and in Dothan, Alabama, which is, uh, kind of interesting. Like Dothan's like a, like a town in the, uh, Southern part of Alabama, almost in Florida, yeah. um, almost on the panhandle of Florida, um, yeah, I know that because I have a really good friend from Dothan, but um, but the um, uh, but yeah, so that was like they were there for a while. Um, uh, they were actually in North Carolina, um, wrestling for Crockett in the seventies because Jim Crockett loved tag teams. Yeah, and that's what Crockett was known for originally before Flair and all those guys got here. They were known for uh for their tag teams. They would just have like tag teams and tag teams and tag teams and and the the sheep herders fit right in with all that shit. So uh, so I'm, I there's no doubt that Crockett loved those guys. Um but yeah, but once Butch retired, they they went back to Continental or Southeastern and then they they uh they got re- and uh, Butch got replaced, but then Butch comes back later on. Yeah. Yeah, he comes back. Um but you know, they had a pretty big run so uh with the the new sheep herders for a while, like they won the South East uh, Tag Team Championship. Yeah, but then they had to uh, they 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 vacated and they fought back, but then they lost it to Jimmy uh, Golden, and then they were ran mm. out of the territory. So mm. so it was to Fuller and Jimmy Golden, and they ran out of the territory. But then so you know we talked about this a little bit in different shows, but you know back in the day when you're doing territories, brother. You would usually work a territory for maybe like a year, maybe two years. It was pretty hot. Then you just go on to the other one. And then when you leave, you just, you know, most of the time when people would leave the territory, they would lose on their way out. And that's how, yeah. that's how a lot of wrestlers and that's like how, how a lot of like, you know, fans see it. Like, okay, if you know this guy is losing or if he's going to a different brand, different shows, you know, you would do the honors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You would get pinned on yeah, your way yeah. out. Yeah, you, you know, always go out on your back, right? Yeah, and that's kind of—I think—that's kind of a little bit of a lost art, a little bit. It is, and because you know, nowadays it's just like, okay, well, I'm gonna bitch, all right, and then I'm just gonna get what mm-hmm. I want, or I'm gonna leave. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not really. Yeah. I mean, 
They did that a little bit in NXT. You know, when they got called up to the main roster, like the major guy would lose the belt or they would lose the feud or something like that, then they get called up. Um, so that's like, like the closest I could think to it nowadays. Yeah, I would say that's the closest now because now there's egos are so big that, I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody. When was the last time we saw somebody that retired? Um, well, Leo so, Rush you know, retired like every month. Well, yeah, Leo Rush just quits every other month because he hates wrestling, I think. But, but he's in New Japan. Um, he's in New Japan, so he's back in wrestling. Like, he hates wrestling, but then he decides he you know, he needs to pay bills, so he, yeah, then he doesn't hate wrestling anymore. Um, which, you know, I can understand that. No, no, no hate on Leah Rush for that. But, um, but you know, like when the Undertaker left and did when he retired, he lost his last match. Oh, no. I mean, he did that. Um, he did that, uh, match with AJ Styles, that cemetery match. That was his final match ever. Yeah. I mean, that's the only wow. match okay. he's ever done since then. So. Oh wow, that, that's crazy. Okay, well, because he was one, of, he's one of the ones that I would think of that actually would have gone out. I mean, you know, as, as a you, you know, know technically he he gave the honors to many people like Reigns and Brock and all that stuff. So true. It just true. so I'm pretty sure he would if there was like in a live setting, he might have lost to AJ. But then again, like I said, it's kind of a lost star. Like and most of these guys are just going out on top, and that's it. Yeah, I like, mean, Steve Austin went out losing. Well, no, I mean, no. He had that match with Kevin Owens and he won. Okay, we don't count that match. He was already pretty, <laughs> Why that's not? a special match. He came back, brother. He's got a win. <laughs> I don't okay, so all right. I see what you're saying, but I don't count that because he had, his technical retirement was in was at WrestleMania nineteen in which he lost. Yeah. But so he came back for that one match. You're right, and he won, but but he but he's still retired and he's been retired since WrestleMania nineteen. Um but yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, like the whole thing about wrestling is you always go out on your back. So you 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 do the honors to, for somebody else because the whole thing is like when you're done, when you're going out of the territory or retiring, then you lose because you're you're showing that this next guy, the guy that's going to carry the torch for the next few years, is good. He's good enough to beat you. He's good enough to beat the guy that everybody loves. So he must be a great wrestler. But yeah, you're right. Like a lot of people have forgotten how to do that now. Yeah. Like it's like it doesn't matter anymore, I guess. So or it does, but they think it does. Yeah. So getting back on track. So the uh mm. the team of Boyd and, and Williams, they appeared next in yes. Memphis, Tennessee. They were in Con yeah. Continental Wrestling Association run by Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Law, which we talk about them a lot on this show. So they the 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 feud that they had, their highest feud in here is like one of the ones that we watched. Mm was when the, the, the sheep herders, the new sheep herders, versus the fabulous ones, Stan Lane and, Ke mm -hmm. and Kevin Kern, or Steve Kern, my bad. Stan Steve Lane Kern, and, yeah. and Steve Kern. And the big thing about this match, it was just a um, contrast of styles. So you yes. had the fabulous ones, has like that pretty boy, you know, like southern wrestling and grappling. And then you had the sheep herders, has fucking just brawlers. So I always think those are those are kind of a cool mixture of matches. You know what I mean? It kind of like gives like these other guys like a different you know element out of their style. So they had a yeah. big they're battling for all the belts and everything, and they both like kind of they were like splitting wins back and forth. So then after this, 1982, the Sheepers were on the AWA. Mm -hmm. They won the Southern Tag Team Championship from the fabulous ones in there, and you know they just be all around the territory. So like pretty much any kind of territory you were watching. 
Um, the Sheep Herders were there like Southwest Championship Wrestling. They made a stop by there. Um, they won those tag team belts in there as well too. Um, and then and then after this, um, it was Williams who got, actually got, I think he got like a little injured. And Jonathan Boyd actually decided to form his own Sheep Herders and that's when he added, added in Rip Morgan. All right. Rip Morgan. Yep. So the Sheepers were in Puerto Rico. Another Sheepers team was spreading destruction all over the CWA Memphis. For the first time, the Sheepers team existed without Luke Williams as a member. Has Jonathan Boyd teamed up with Rip Morgan, former flag bearer of the Sheepers and nephew to Bitch Miller, under the name the Kiwi Sheep Sheepers? Yeah, so he was the guy that um, in Crockett. He was the guy that would like basically hold the the New Zealand flag, yeah. the blonde guy. But yeah, so at this point, so this team that's in Puerto Rico has no original sheep herders in it, right? No. It has Jonathan Boyd, who was a replacement for Butch, yep. and it has Rip Morgan. Yep. And they would also continue the feud with the Fabulous Ones mm-hmm. for the AWA Southern Tag Team Championship on June 17, 1985. In the storyline, the team were was soon stripped of the titles due to excessive cheating. But they had the titles oh. returned to them when they threatened to sue CWA. Uh-oh. Imagine that nowadays. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> like, that'd be like every Roman Reigns' opponent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like suing. <laughs> yeah, I lost the belt, brother, because they interfered. I'm going to sue your ass. Uh, nowadays they'll be like well you fucking signed the contract you dick you ain't gonna yeah, sue anybody yeah they, they, no, yeah they don't have good enough lawyers now <laughs> exactly. but back then they had good the sheep partners good law they had good lawyers so they <laughs> sued good. because everybody cheated yeah they had good lawyers yeah. brother it's like fuck it you're gonna <laughs> take my belt brother i'm gonna get i'm gonna get johnny cochran over here uh-huh. yeah 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 roman reigns has cheated for three years but yes these guys sued yeah, yeah got it exactly so the Fabulous Ones took them by beating them for four times in a row between September 5th and October 12th. So we're keep, we're, we're keeping that storyline going with the Sheep Predators and the and the, and the Fantastics. So the Kiwi Sheep Predators then began to feud with another team, the Fantastics, Bobby yes. Fulton and Tommy Rogers in the winter of 1985. Mm-hmm. So the Kiwi Sheep Predators and the Fantastics traded wins back and forth. No side gaining a clear advantage in the feud, like we see a lot. Um, so, you know, they did some work in, um, uh, they did some work around there. They did some work with Dusty Rhodes. Um, mm-hmm. and then, so, so around 1986, so William and Williams and Miller returned to Mayland U.S. and Bill Watts's UWF. They defeated Ted DiBiase yeah. and Steve Williams for the, for the UW, UWF Tag Team Championship on March 16, 1986. So they're back as a team. We're in 1986. Yeah, this is the real, real, right, real sheep herders. Yes. But they fell to the Fantastics on March 30th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The sheep herders continued to the UWF on and off over the next couple of years, taking time out to participate in the first ever Jim Crockett Memorial Tag Team Cup. And which they beat yeah, Hector the and Ch- Yeah, the Crockett Cup, brother. They're in the first one. Mm-hmm. When they beat Hector and Chavo Guerrero in the first round and the Rock and Roll Express in the second round. So, yeah, so, you know, you know, obviously we could tell that this team is very well known. All right. And they're really known to being a brutal team and a fighting team. Yeah. So yeah, I, I watched a, one of those matches, I guess, the Fantastic from 1986, and it was pretty bloody. Um, 
The thing I noticed that, that that amazed me most about that match was not the match itself, but um, I was astounded that the Fantastics um, came to the ring with bow ties but no shirts. <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> I, just, I just think that's well, weird. Well, they also came down to sharp-dressed man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. So that's how like they, that's how, yeah. yeah, that's how they, that's how they fucking... <laughs> That's how they get it, brother. That's that's how you start exactly. dressing. That's how they that's time. how they get it exactly. So the, so now that we have the 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 sheep predators back in here, they're going everywhere. They go back to Puerto Rico. Um, they're going to championship wrestling from Florida. I mean, you can name it. These guys are everywhere. Um. So they came back to the they returned back to the Memphis territory. All right, yeah. and they they uh, they 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 started their feud with Bad Company, Pat Tatanka and Paul Diamond. Brother, mm-hmm. I love his name. It's Bad Company. Yeah, brother. Bad Company with two Ds. That's how you know it's yeah, two bad. Ds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, they would always, every when they could, the Sheep Bears would always feud with the Fabulous Ones. So they would always right. go back and forth when there's like, because that's probably like one of their main feuds of drawing money. So they Well, always, yeah. I mean, those are both great, uh, great, uh, uh, great tag teams. Yes. I mean, the Fabulous Ones were a great tag team. So we also had the 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 sheepers. They actually after they left Memphis, they actually joined New Japan, and they were mm-hmm. part of the IWGP Tag Team Title League 1987, like the the uh, first round robin tournament to mm-hmm. get some tag team. But, but New Japan, they love their tournaments. That's for sure. Oh yeah, they have like at least three a year. Yes. So they went to the Florida, and they had some uh, uh, challenges for Mike Graham and Steve Kern. Uh, they were they were in the sheep the sheep herders defeated their Florida tag team they defended their Florida tag team titles at the Great American Bash from the Miami Orange Bowl, brawling to a double disqualification with Jimmy and Ron Garvin. So, but then they uh, they would eventually lose the Florida tag team, and then they would go back to Jim Crockett Promotions. They would be on the class for champions. Two, they faced off against NWA. United States Tag Team Champions, the Fantastics. So we're seeing them go around everywhere. But it wasn't until this happened. So they were at Clash of the Champions 3. They lost to Steve Williams and Nikita Koloff. Despite the interference of Rip Morgan on their behalf, just how it looked like the Sheepers were about to face the Fantastics in the final, final rounds of the tournament to crown new United States Tag Team Champions, Luke Williams and Butch Miller signed. With the Vince, oh. with Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Federation, brother. And around 1988. And in December 1988, Williams and Miller debuted in, with the WWF in the midst of its aggressive national expansion. The team was changed to the Bushwhackers and developed a more comedic style. The comedy act involved licking each other, fans, and even their opponents. As well as using their existing uh, destructive merch, swinging their f- uh, f- uh, flexed arms. Yeah, like, like how the- they used to swing their arms. They even yeah. they like they did that was goofy in the WDF. They did that the whole time, but it was like I don't know, it was less goofy, I guess you could say. But yeah, yeah. the the face licking was just fucking stupid. But and yeah, they did have their uh, their first WWF match. That it was on TV was going to be against the Bol- the Bolshevik the Bolsheviks, mm. Boris Zolkov and Nikolai Volkov. So, 
So it's just like a little short history of some of the, you know, obviously they became, you know, for a lot of like younger kids, they probably would look, yeah. you know, the Bushrockers, you know, as like this comedy act. They're like these two guys that you would see out like on the, in the jungle or just doing, just acting like the three students yeah. basically. Like just very kind like of. goofy characters, you know what I mean? But they were but I mean, are there. they? I was going to say, are they really any more goofy than, like, the best friends in Orange Cassidy, though? Oh, yeah, they're way more goofy than them. You think so? I think so. I don't know. I think best friends are pretty goofy. And, well, they and they're are. still good wrestlers, but, yeah. I mean, their gimmick is goofy. You know, like, and kind of like the Bushwhackers gimmick is kind of goofy, but they were still good, really good wrestlers. Well, yes. So, but the, I think, I think, here's what happened. So, you know, the Bush, the you know, uh, um, Duke, they, they started in 1966. Okay, they yeah, didn't get been around a long time. Yeah, they didn't get into the WWF until like 1988. You know, and that's a lot of mm-hmm. wars, a lot of battles on your body. So, yes. <laughs> and then of course, you know, at this particular time, Vince Man was trying to make his show more like a cartoon. You know what I mean? True. So you're not going to have these two like bloody, you know, foreign fighters. You know what I mean? Come into yeah, your... I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So I think he just looked at him as like, okay, I, you know, these guys, you know, I think if we can make them just be like completely goofy, I think people will love them. And then that's like what the mindset was of the Bushrockers. Maybe, you know, they couldn't do those brawls. They couldn't do those. Um, they're not the best at just technical mat wrestling. So what can we do yeah. to hide all that? Well, we'll just make them lovable, goofy characters. So that's right, why I right. think he, he had that mindset with them, you know, compared to a more serious um, territory like Crockett or something that will just, we're fine with brawling. You know, if you guys just want to go right. out there and brawl, like that's perfectly cool. Like we like that, you know, but you know, at this particular yeah. time with the F brother, you know, brawling was like Hulk Hogan going out there and doing a back rake. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. And you know, and it's well documented that Vince McMahon loves loves people who can make him laugh yes you know that's why um our truth has had a job for so long because he's fucking funny and he makes vince mcmahon laugh and matt riddle makes vince mcmahon laugh and that's why he's held on for so long um but yeah i mean but and i'm sure these guys are the same way i mean they are they're funny i mean they're but they're both really funny guys but you know they're also really good hardcore wrestlers too yeah you think our boy lucas yeah he looks like a this is like a Bushwhacker fan. Yeah, all, all these people look like they could have been in the Bushwhackers. All the people in this movie. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, the psychos, maybe. The psychos, yes. Yes. The crazy psychos. But, but Allison, we're, we're watching some, some sheep herders. Greatest hits here in the 80s. Watching these violent New Zealanders fighting, beating everybody up. What are we listening to while we're, while we're watching them? So, you know, considering that we had no idea when this movie actually came out, so we can't build a weekend around, you know, when we would have went to see, see to have seen this. So, um, you know, continuing on with our theme of like New Zealand, New Zealand things. Um, so there's this new, there's this New Zealand metal band called Stonehenge. Huh. And, metal. Yeah, it does. This looks really metal sounding, right? Um. And, you know, they're kind of like this Judas Priest type band, sort of. Um, But, you know, like a lot of New Zealand metal is like kind of underground because most of it never got out of New Zealand. 
like a lot of those bands have you know played around New Zealand and Australia and Japan somewhat and never got any further than that. But um, but yeah, Stonehenge is like a. I mean, other. I'm trying to think of a way to describe them other than saying they sound like Jesus Priest because they don't really sound like Jesus Priest, but it's it's like it, it's kind of like that. It's priest like, I guess you could say. It's like really, it's got that real like Iron Maiden, Jesus Priest kind of like crunchy guitar with the uh, with the real you know like the not necessarily high pitch but like real strong metal vocals. Um, you know, the, the song that I know from them is this track called wings of steel, which we'll probably play at the end of this movie. Yeah. Uh, into the show, but, but, um, they, um, you know, they, they released that as a single in 1986 and I've never heard a full Stonehenge album, but I have heard this. Apparently, apparently this is like the only songs they ever did. Was, oh really? So was, there's three songs on that single. The only Stonehenge songs there are. Yeah. So wow. okay. yeah, apparently that's the only stuff they ever like officially recorded. Besides maybe a bunch of B stuff that they threw away in their cassettes. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, basically, I mean, I know that they're like still around, but I don't think they. I don't. I don't think those guys play music anymore. But they do. They are around as people doing other things, but. But yeah, I mean, this is a really good single. I mean, did you get a chance to listen to it? When yeah, I, sent it to I listened you? to the uh, the first track. Uh, yeah, the Wings of Steel. The Wings yeah. of Steel. I thought it was pretty good. You know, like like I said, very Judas Priest style. Mm-hmm. You know, with the rhythm and the guitars. Um, straightforward metal. So I like to say it sometimes. Very, yes, that's a good way to put it. Very straightforward yeah. metal. It's got a very heavy metal cover. Yeah. Like got you a know, guy on a motorcycle with yeah, skulls and wings exactly. on it. Yeah, it's basically like okay. Let's say you know you're in the '80s. You got some leather on. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You want to drive a motorcycle. You want to listen to metal. Here's what you're playing. <laughs> That's basically yeah. It and is. you live in New Zealand. You live in New Zealand, and Judas yeah. Priest doesn't come there very often. So you go. You put on your leather jacket, and you're all hell bent for leather, listening to uh, Stonehenge. Going yeah. to the Stonehenge concert. So apparently they played. Uh, it was a very small lineup. Okay. Yeah. And these guys toured uh, pretty much only in New Zealand and Australia uh, with the help and management of Wayne, who played a big part in setting up gigs for many of the bands featured on this, on this uh, like tour. So like, there's like a, mm-hmm. there's like a, like, you know, I guess when you're when you're touring, a, I don't know, foreign bands. It just depends, really. Like, there's some big yeah. foreign bands that we don't hear about a lot. You know what I mean? They're huge overseas. They could sell out yes. or, you know, arenas. They could sell out, you know, just stadiums and stuff. They come over here. They could barely get into, like, the bar. You know what I mean? So Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, you know, they these guys might have been, you know, pretty good on the um, on the New Zealand um, metal, you know, scene at the time. Looks yeah. like they got some traction. Yeah. They... And they've been known to, uh, you know, do some do some good over there, you know, get get a pretty good following. So, but they're pretty good. We'll play, like I said, like John Allison said, we'll play some at the uh, the end of the show to show you guys. But you know, very very cool, like like you were saying, like rock band, very Judas Priest, very metal, just like you know, straightforward and stuff. Like straightforward, yeah. yeah it's not bad. Like it's easy listening to. So I would say. 
But speaking of uh, easy listening to, let us talk a little bit about who booked this shit, brother, because... Yeah, who booked this shit? This was some weird shit. Yeah, this was just weird. And I kind of want to ask, why was this movie made? <laughs> I don't know if I... You're going to ask me why this movie was made. Yes. Okay. So I'm trying to find like some research about it, but it's kind of tough. Um, the the director guy was David. Um, was it David Bloth? And I couldn't uh, really find yeah, too David much Bluth. about yeah. him on this particular thing. Like I said, the, the the biggest thing that that struck to me about doing this movie was not only did we want to find like a mad scientist movie, but I also mm. saw that name, the Michael Hurst guy. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, that was like that guy from fucking, uh, from fucking uh, Hercules. And apparently Hercules, he was also yeah. he was also in, which one of my favorite series also too, uh, Spartacus, Blood and Sand. He was in that. And he was right. in Ash, Ash vs. the Evil Dead too. So I thought that was pretty sweet. Oh, wow. Like he, right. he's, done a, he's done a pretty good amount of stuff. Um, But uh, so a couple, this movie actually did have like a... <laughs> It had to be called something different in the Philippines. Mm. I, I was I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> so it was called yeah. Doctor Evil Part Two. So what the fuck was Part yes. One? Well, I spent like uh, several days trying to research and find Doctor Evil Part One, and I could not find anything at all. So did they just like make it up or something? Like, okay, this is gonna. I be- I, I think so because this is not uncommon for foreign movies, especially. Um. this happens a lot in Europe. This is kind of getting us off track, but um, this happens a lot in Europe because in Europe, especially, and I'm sure it's probably different in the Philippines. You, you don't really have to have the rights to a movie to make the sequel, to make the sequel to a movie, which is why there's, um, there's a Jaws five in Europe. Um, But um, so my guess is that they, somebody just bought the rights to this movie and then decided that they were going to make it the sequel for some other movie that was called uh, Doctor Evil. Oh. Um, but yeah, I could not find a movie called Do- when them, that was probably renamed too. It was probably some other totally unrelated movie that um, they just renamed as Doctor Evil for the Philippines. But yeah, I thought that was that was pretty pretty crazy. <laughs> like they just took this movie and then renamed it Doctor Evil Part Two. Yeah, implying that there's a Doctor Evil Part One that we haven't seen. Yeah, you know, that's one of those rough cuts, brother. Um, right. So, apparently, this shit won a, won a reward. It did. <laughs> <laughs> it won an award. I was like, okay. So, the, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. The film won the Grand Prix Award at the 1984 Paris International Festival of Fantastic and Science Fiction Films. Yeah, I want to know what else was like in what, the running for yeah, this. Yeah, what the Russell hell? Was- <laughs> Why did it beat? Is what I want to know. What was the lineup for this shit? Uh, <laughs> so, despite this, generally, I mean, go ahead. No, I, was gonna, I mean this movie is not bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's going to sound like we're shitting on it, but I mean, I I actually like this movie quite a bit. It's it's just kind of crazy. It's just like to be honest like, with you, like I usually like this kind of like weird, like you don't really know what's going yeah. on horror, but for some reason, this one kind of bored me. But we'll get we'll get into it fully in a second. So, despite it winning an award, general reception of Death Warmed Up was mixed. Some of the covers of Death Warmed Up show a brain surgeon who is a skeleton who is about to use a hyper a hyper hypodermic needle, yeah, hypodermic needle, 
yeah. and a surgical knife to operate on the brain of a girl who, which doesn't represent any scene of the film. No, there's nothing like that in the movie. That's a, that's the cover that a Tubi has. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah well, when the, I watched it on Tubi, it had the same cover. Um, although there is a hypodermic needle in the movie. Yeah, yeah, they show that like technically. But I mean, like that award it won though. Like, so these are the other movies. Like, I don't want to back us up too much, but in the in recent in the years around that, these are the movies that won uh, that same award. So in 1981, it was won by Mad Max. 1982 okay. was one. It, it was won by Next of Kin. 1983 was Extra, which is also a good movie that we'll do on the show one day. 84 was Death Warmed Up. 86, I don't know what happened to 85. 86 was House. 87 was Evil Dead 2. And 88 was Near Dark. So, I mean, it, well, so some happened? good movies. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm, trying, I'm wondering what the other options were I think I know this year. It was. <laughs> I think I know what it was. It was our boy Michael. Michael Tucker. It was him yeah. and his Speedo with his tan. They were like, okay, this guy, he's winning. <laughs> you know what I mean? He packed up his junk. He put a little tan on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, come on, brother. He's on an yeah. island out there. You got some people yeah. from Mad Max on here. I mean, come <laughs> on, brother. What more do you need? Exactly. Well, I mean, they did. I mean, you know, Death Warmed Up did win it in 84, and they didn't give the award in 85. So maybe they were just like, hold on. <laughs> Let's just figure <laughs> out what the true. fuck went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they had so much and then we'll start again next year. It was like, we couldn't fucking do that year, brother. Nobody bought a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> like damn it! Uh, so apparently, this film was also banned in Australia. It, it, which is odd because it's that's where it's from. Yeah. Well, not it's from New Zealand, but it you know that whole area. Yeah. So for, for all its violence, I mean, the only like nasty violence this movie had was all the brain shit. The which, brain stuff. Which yeah. I always hate seeing that, but like you know, I thought, actually you know to be honest with you, and I'm I'm a fair person on these shows, these podcasts. Yeah. The brain, uh, so. the brain surgery scenes were very well done. Like very, very. They well were. Done. It looked so good. Like yes. when he, when, and I mean, we'll get to this in the movie. But when he pulled that thing out of the dude's head, yeah. that little round thing, I was like, holy fuck! Like, yeah, it felt like it. It yeah. just hurt. It hurt I like that. I like that scene, and I like the scene where he shoots up his parents. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'm allowed to say that on the fucking show, <laughs> but it, I mean, on the actual movie scene looked it it looked impressive. Not actually what he did, yeah. but what it, it, it was yeah. just a very different type of like shooting murder scene, and I I just like the way it was done. So, but everybody, let's get on into it. Let's get all into the full review of Death Warmed Up. Yeah, let's do it. It started as a simple vacation. A trip to paradise that held the promise of sand and sensual pleasure. But for Michael and his friends, the fun ended early. You may have only one life to live, but there are many ways to die. And this movie shows all of them. Death warmed up it's not for the squeamish or the <laughs> faint of heart it's for everyone with a taste for torture <laughs> torment seeing 
bare their brains. Ride to glory. Let it all hang out. Give themselves a jolt. Make a point. If you think that's cool, then you're hot for death. Warmed up. The motion picture that goes too far <laughs> for your own good. Death warmed up. Alright, so we start off with some fucking... I mean, I don't know who did the intro to this, but, like, I think even back in the day, <laughs> the editing process wasn't as cheap as this. I mean, this is some, <laughs> this is some fucking, fucking uh, high school... A project over here for the intro. It's yeah, like a red yeah, background, definitely... <laughs> and like their little names are in like the little templos. <laughs> so they definitely put more money in the brains than they did the, yeah. the credits. For oh sure. yeah, that's for sure. So we see this guy running in a field, and I the, <laughs> a lot of this stuff doesn't really get explained. You know, like uh, so. Say. So the character who's running the field is Michael played by the, the Michael yeah. Hurst that we, we've been talking about this whole show. His name is Michael Tucker. And he mm-hmm. is like running in this field, running up to the hospital. The random nurse is like, oh, hey, Michael. Like, hey, you must be happy that your dad's winning a reward. He's winning like a, a, an award for something. Yeah. So he runs up and he goes to the nursery of all places. And the nursery somehow has a bunch of like 80s flashing red lights. I was like, man, these mm-hmm. these New Zealand kids are boring, kind of, kind of like all these lights everywhere. It's kind of is that really safe? <laughs> so we have like these two doctors arguing with each other. Uh, one of them is going to be uh, Michael's dad, all right, which is his name is Tucker, and then this other scientist, his name is going to be Hal, all right, last name Hal. So they're like arguing. So how is the one who's more demanding? He's like arguing to Tucker about all these uh, trial experiments he's trying to do. And of course, um, you know, Tucker is just like, "Hey, like you haven't you haven't fully tested all this stuff yet. You know, we we don't know if this is going to be like a safe thing." And then you know, the doctor guys, and then like he's like sees Michael. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird, like motion of him seeing him for some reason. <laughs> then the guy starts getting really pissed off. This 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 Hal guy. He was all like, "It's like you don't know what I. This is like the greatest discovery humans will ever have. We we can we don't want to use death in our vocabulary anymore." And then I was just like, "Oh fuck! This is like is this every scientist's dream to conquer <laughs> death? Like, can we do something else? <laughs> like, you know, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's pretty much like most of these movies have had to do with the science scientists trying to conquer. Oh, no, it's like all of them." I mean, okay. Uh, yeah, pretty, yeah. Besides yeah. from Beyond, where he just wanted to have some uh, sex during the whole time, you know. But everybody else, yeah. yeah. Well, no, Reanimator, they they just wanted to conquer death. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Fly, exactly. he kind of wanted fly. to conquer death a little bit. You know, the only guy that didn't really want to conquer death was last week from Beyond. But well, I guess they kind of did in a way because he wanted to he way, wanted to yeah. expand his universe but i mean all these mad scientists they have one thing in common they don't like death and they want to conquer it so this guy this guy's how he has a, like a plan to do that and they want a reward for their the, the science uh like some science study that they they come out and they're basically finding like new like 
they kind of study genetics basically and uh mm-hmm. that's what they're, they're like winning stuff about so basically they're fighting everything and eventually how pushes the doctor down so you could see that he's and he's like hey me and you are in this thing together okay so you mm-hmm. have to follow my lead and we have to do this and then while this is happening michael he like leaves and then he gets caught by this dr how and he gets like he's like hey michael how's it going we're gonna clean you up so like he just like watches michael take a shower uh yeah so like <laughs> this is a little creepy so i was like okay we're getting the 18 to 34 women up right now <laughs> Okay. I guess. He's all I in guess. there taking a shower. Fucking uh, Hal comes in there with his little needle. He's like staring yeah. at him. He's like, yeah, I'm about to poke you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's all... like the most like homoerotic thing I've seen since we watched Nightmare on the Street 2. Yes. If I can grab him, he's fucking sticking. He sticks the needle in his butt. In his ass. And, yeah. then, and then the Michael guy was acting. What are you doing to me? Guys, like, don't worry about this. And I was like, oh, first of all, I was like, okay, what kind of movie are we gonna be watching here, folks? All right, we saw yeah. some, we saw some S and M shit in the other movie. I was like, okay, yeah. are they gonna top it over here, brother? <laughs> well, so, yeah, I mean, uh, well, in the other movie, I mean, I was all about the S and M shit in the other movie because I do with Barbara Crampton. But now we're like, 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 yeah. So he sticks a hypodermic needle into his ass, but it's also like the largest hypodermic needle that I've ever seen. I <laughs> know. Like I'm not even I don't even think like it's like it's like this it's like a turkey baster. It's huge. Like it and like whatever liquid is in that would surely kill whatever whatever you put inside a human body. Surely uh-huh. that would kill you, right? If you put that much liquid inside of a person, but whatever. Here we are. Yeah. In the shower. So he starts saying, like, you're gonna be part of my new generation, and this is only just yes. the beginning. All right. How exciting. Uh, and then he's like in his lab, all like hooked up. He kind of looked like Wolverine for like a second. <laughs> so this is the next day. We yeah. cut. We cut soon. Like we can't show too much of that scene. We got to cut. Nope. Yep. There's a funny cut coming up here in a little bit. So uh, th- this is the next day, right? And there's like some random milk guy hanging around everywhere. And then like Mike's like driving the car. He's like all like cross-eyed, so you could tell like experiments have been done to him. Okay. That's how you can tell, right? Yes. <laughs> and then now, like, we're back, and then this is when we see Tucker, and he is watching a, a news show about uh, Howard and stuff, you know, explaining their their reward that they got and explaining all their um their experiments they've been doing. Um, You know, how they're, like, you know, cheating death, and I'm going to make death, like, a... Uh, uh, an obsolete word, you know, and then, you know, this, this Tucker guy just doesn't, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like the, the plan that this, how doctor is doing. All right. And he's just like, you know, he just scares me. And then like his wife is like, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, um, uh, he, he's like, don't, you know, don't, don't pay attention too much to what he's saying. He's like, well, he, he wants to make death like an op- obsolete word. And then she's all like, well, he wants to make death like that. I think he's all death warmed up. I was like, did it just sneak the fucking title in the, in the dialogue? Or maybe they had a dialogue. Like, yeah, we'll pick that one. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe that's why they named it that instead of mm-hmm. Doctor Evil Part Two. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck is Doctor Evil One? Is that the backstory of? Ta- okay, maybe we gotta make that one. Yeah, we that we gotta make Doctor Evil Part One. <laughs> yeah, they could do the backstory of a young Hal. You know what I mean? <laughs> of how he became a mad scientist of putting goo and balls in people's brains. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. This so, movie's amazing. Yes. So, ba- so basically, the wife is trying to calm uh, uh, Tucker down, saying, "Hey, you know, we'll deal with him later. You know, he's all wrapped up in all this death stuff, but right now we have something important to do, so we need to start having some sex." Okay. Exactly. So they're kissing everything. They're getting on with each other. They hear a noise. They're like, "Oh, that just must be Michael." Okay. So they start laying down, kissing each other. And, of course, Michael is, like, he gets to the, well, he, we see a scene of him getting out of the car with a blue bag. And he's running up, like, the, mm-hmm. he's, he's basically running up to the house like the Terminator. Okay? Yeah. He gets the gun out of the blue bag, goes up there. They hear a noise. He jumps right into the, uh, the room where they're smooching. And they're all like, well, what the fuck, Michael? And this is when he shoots down his parents with the gun. Yes. Like a shotgun, which is the the way they filmed it though was actually pretty neat. Where they kind of like slowed it down a little bit, and then like you yeah, could tell I thought the scene looked really good. You could tell that they had like one of those like blood explosion machines, and that's what made mm-hmm. it look like the uh, and they slowed it down, like they slowed down the editing, so you could see like the yeah. blood spatter out and stuff, and like the slow motion. The act, some of the acting was overdone, but you know, other than that, I thought it was pretty good. And then it just like cuts to like him automatically going into like the insane asylum. Okay. Yes. So they put him in there. I like how like the sign just said seclusion. <laughs> right. Picked that up at the, at the local party city. Seclusion. Yep. So seclusion. We, they, we put we put him in the sand song, right? Has everybody got that? Okay. He is nuts now. Okay. And somehow Dr. Howe, by injecting him with some green goo in his ass, and putting him into a mind machine like the Wolverine, he is now a mind control killer. Do we all have that? Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. So that all happened, and now it's seven years later. Right. Okay. We got our we got our jump cut right. And you know our, no our, actually no 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 you know how we know it's seven years later? There's no. a fucking text at the bottom that told me it was seven years. It later. tells us that mm-hmm. exactly. So I actually wrote down everything it said. And this is a pretty. This is like something I would do in my film if we're, if I forgot to shoot something <laughs> that like connected everything. <laughs> okay. So yes. So so I said this. Um, oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. So it says, and this is all in text. All right. It's all like letters. Like it's a blank screen and just and just text. It says seven years later, yeah. Michael Tucker was released from the. From the Psychotic Institute. Yes. Okay. That's it. Okay. We don't know why he got released. There's no backstory. <laughs> we don't even know why he dyed his hair blonde. Okay. So we don't know any of this shit. But he was released, so everything's fine. Oh, don't worry about it. This guy gunned down his parents, everything. I was a little crazy. Give him some uh, ibuprofen on his way. Okay. <laughs> like, the movie could have literally started right here. Yes. Like they could have explained the only thing that we saw, the only reason we saw the only thing that we, the only reason that we saw the things that we've seen so far is to explain why he's doing what he's doing later on. Yes. 
which they could have explained through some other means later on. Like the movie could have literally started right here. Yes. And then we get some more text. All right. And on an isolated island, Dr. Archie Howe, that's our guy from the beginning with the needle in the butt, yeah. is now operating on human patients at a trans capital applications. So like basically his own like crazy hospital. His yeah, first sure. patient was Mr. Tex Moran. So yeah, Tex so, is his first person. So who yeah, so who is who is Tex? So I'm pretty sure Tex is that first <laughs> guy that looks like the road warrior, right? I guess so. I mean we have to assume that, right? Because when I watched that mm-hmm. I was like, who or, the was fuck it, is or was Tex it the Moran? or was it the crazy <laughs> hair guy with the glasses? I don't know. I don't know either, bro. They did know. not tell. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, so let me let me break this down for you, audience members, and for all of them who watched the movie, you'd just be just as confused as as we were. Yeah. But for all exactly. you that don't watch yeah. the movie, so we're gonna find out that our doctor Howell is basically he is like a, a mad scientist. He's on his own island and he's creating mutant yeah. monster gen- generation death defying zombie creatures. Basically, they look right. like a bunch of people from the Road Warriors. Or Mad yeah, Max. Exactly. Mad Max. Yeah. They look like they look like they're trying to rip that off, basically. That's what they look like to me. Well, I mean, that's a very famous uh New Zealand or Australian movie, right? Yes. The Mad Max and the Road Warrior. Yes. So basically, it's like I don't know. I was paying pretty t- close to this movie. And I didn't hear anybody yeah. be named. Okay. So we don't exactly know who Tex is. So I'm <laughs> assuming it's gonna be Either the curly hair guy, or it's going to be the main guy at the end of the axe. But we'll see. All right. Well, that's fair enough. But yes. and and one thing too for the audience out there, like when when you listen to this description of this movie, this review, it it will be confusing and it won't make any sense. But if you actually watch the movie, it won't make any sense either. Yes. So just just try to stick with it. We're all going to be confused together. We're all going to be confused together. I mean, that's that's beautiful if you think about it. Yeah, it is. It's really beautiful. Think about speaking it. of beautiful, we're all in the same place. speaking of beautiful, we see some brain surgery, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Done by our doctor Howe. So, like I said, and you know what's funny, and you can't tell me this. They actually used uh, the same scene a couple times. In this film. I was going to bring that up. Right. They only shot the scene once, and they used it like twice in the whole yes. in the movie. So then after we just get this random brain surgery shit going, then we cut. Yeah. And now we see Michael. And at first I was like, okay, mm. we got a new character here. Until the girl's like, Michael. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, this motherfucker has like bleach blonde hair. And I was like, oh shit, that is him. What the? Okay. It just it just threw me off. And then we meet his uh, girlfriend, uh, which mm. she, I don't remember her being named at all, but apparently her name was Sandy. Okay, so we have Sandy, and we have Michael, and his newfound fit. So apparently, in seven years, he got a tan, he got fit, and he dyed his hair. And his hair blonde. So yeah, he must be yeah. a big fan of Nature Boy. Right and then, like, right, and then, like, it looks like he like shaved his eyebrows off or something. Yeah. So they meet up with their friends. All right, we got Lucas and Janine. And they are just like, they're the couple that are just kissing and, and f- fucking all around with each other. Mm-hmm. So th- they, you know, they're on like a boat, okay? And their car is on this boat. And they're going to the island where this Dr. Hal is. So everybody yeah. kind of knows what's going on except for Janine, apparently. 
So and the people watching the movie, but yes, yes, and yes, and the people watching the movie, <laughs> yeah, it's Janine and us, yes. So <laughs> the only people have no idea what's going on. So Michael and Sandy they go talk to the captain, all right, and they're yeah. asking him about the island. The guy's saying, oh, "Yeah, there's a new institute on the island. You know, taking mm-hmm. care of a bunch of crazy people." Uh, they ask about the tunnels. Apparently, there's some World War II tunnels in there. The guy said, "You shouldn't go in there. That's dangerous." He also said, "Don't be camping out there." I would stick to the hotel because parts of these areas are very dangerous. Okay, so yeah, don't camp in the World War II tunnels. Yes, or, or like the surrounding areas. Only camp where the <laughs> where the resorts are at. Just 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 stay in the hotel. Yeah. So we get a scene of Lucas and Janine like kissing, and they're so horny they want to start fucking in the car. Okay. Yeah. So apparently there is another car there. And there's two dudes in there who at first I thought were Beavis and Butthead, but they weren't. Because they were laughing and giggling about seeing this girl. And they have some, the famous lines. Has, uh, uh, I'll show her my tank. <laughs> All right. And my favorite one was like, nothing like blonde pissy in the morning. That's what, that's what our boys were saying. And yes. what, a great, not, what a great script. Yeah. I mean, come on now, brother. All right. Um, so, so they're all like, now we got the, the looks, they're all making out in there. All right. And they're going to town. Everybody's watching them. So we got the, we got the fucking, the two creepers in the car watching them. And we got the, uh, the captain watching them as well too. Then out comes like this dude who looks like, um, oh man, he looks like something from like the, like one of those radiation victims or something i don't know he's just like crazy <laughs> hair and shit like glasses and he comes out there and he starts staring them all down and i didn't really know his name so i just called him the perv <laughs> the perv okay. that's what they called him he was like hey perv get yep. away so i was like okay well or if you're gonna name the motherfucker can you name it all right exactly so they get on the perv and stuff and they get him away and apparently, like the, the ship captain was basically saying, like, "Hey, man, don't be going out there and scaring all the guests and stuff, and stay back here." Like I said. Um, and then, you know, the two creeps in the car were still like laughing during this whole time too. And now we have uh, uh, Lucas and, and Michael. They're out there, and they're like, "Hey, do you see?" No, this is also too when we get. Um, so we find out that you know Michael, he is coming back. To the island for revenge on Hal, because if you remember, Hal shot him up with some serum in the butt, put some Wolverine yeah. shit on him, and he made him kill his parents, <laughs> and then he got released after seven years to go kill Hal. Well, yes. So they cured him, but he but but they didn't really cure. He was just pretending. For seven years, and they say in solemn to get released and to get his revenge. And he also can't. He, so, Allison, have you ever seen anybody come out of a sane asylum looking like a GQ model? Absolutely not. Well, our boy over here did. Okay. Yeah, he did. He did. So, you know. Um, but yeah, he 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 basically. I mean, he could technically be cured, I guess, but he uh, he does he wants to get revenge on the doctor for like fucking up his life, right? Yes. Pretty much. So now, uh, now, now Lucas decides to go pee on that van. And then while they pee yes. on the van, these two guys that we, the two pervs in there, 
Like, I didn't really know their names. Like, I mean, we I have here Tex and Spider. Okay. <laughs> Which, uh, they basically look like two ripoffs from the, from the Mad Max. So yep. I called them the Creepers, the Mad Max, right? or Tex and Spider. All right, they're all laughing. They, then they then they start fighting. So they start fighting Lucas. They start fighting Michael, and uh, they're fighting all around. Eventually, Lucas and Michael get the upper hand. Then they go back to their car. They're all happy and shit. They get beers and everything. Like yeah, yeah, we kicked their ass. Then then the uh, then the the creeper guys, the Mad Max guys, are all pissed off and stuff. So they start ramming ramming their car in the back of Michael's car, and then they eventually just drive off. And they're like, you know, we, we can see like there's a little rival going on right now between these two Mad Max characters and our crew. So, <laughs> so then they also see a pic. Uh, we also like there's also these like random pictures of like Doctor How, like in this black mm-hmm. and white scene, and it kind of looked like Dexter a little bit. It was weird. A little bit, yeah. All right, so this part was Allison's favorite part of the movie. They're eating and listening to an eighty song. <laughs> In the car, and can I sing the song for you? For you, I know you love it. Oh man, I've been I've been waiting to hear this. (laughs) No joke, everybody. This is the lyrics of the song that we're listening to. Drive, amazing. Yeah, drive home. I like to drive. I like to drive, and it'll take me home. Yeah, drive. (laughs) Bro, no joke. That's what it said. Yeah, drive. I'm, I'm, yeah, drive. Does, a, drive can take me home. Yeah, no shit, bro. I was like, yeah, this is number one hitting in New Zealand, brother. Get this drive song going on here. All, all I'm thinking at this point is this needs to take us home. Yeah. <laughs> so Jenny, she now hears like a noise, and she's the only one that can hear this. And this wasn't explained either, unless I'm missing something. Nope. This better not be another one of those mountaintop ones where we're just forget. Because I, I didn't say it's gonna be. There's, like- there's just no way. Like this girl, she was here. Okay, we heard what she was hearing, but I don't know why she was hearing it. It wasn't explained. Was she like psychic yeah, or something? Did I miss something here? I don't. I don't know. That's never mentioned again. If she is, but but yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this. It's gonna end up being like mountaintop motel massacre where there's like some super fan that that just yeah. sees something that for some reason we missed in the movie when we watched it. But yeah, I don't know. Because, I have no idea why. This is okay, so sure. she hears some shit. She starts freaking out. Everybody's just yeah. like, they aren't listening to her at all. She wants to pull over. She pull over, pull over. Now, the only thing I could think she's hearing is the other engine because you got those Mad Max characters following her in their right. little red, their, their little yellow van. Okay? Right. So maybe she heard them in the distance and even though nobody else was. So yeah, over top of the driving song. Yeah, 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 over the top of the driving song. Maybe <laughs> she's hearing that. She's like, turn that shit off. Uh-huh. So they fucking, uh, so now they drive up to the town. Or actually, no, before they get to the town, the yellow van tries to run them over, but they get out of the way. And then that one goes into a ditch, our Mad Max characters. And we have such great dialogue has, I will get you. I will get you and I will destroy you. Oh, thank you. Would it be a fucking eighties cartoon villain? <laughs> so now we see now we're at now we're, now we're at like a like a random town. Okay. Yeah. So we, we go to the town and they're driving up and everything. And this is when they run into like the doctor, like Michael and the doctor like stare at each other across the street for a little bit, and they just he just walks. 
All right, and then they're all asking like, hey, what's going on, Michael? And he's like, okay, nothing. He says, <laughs> says it's nothing, but obviously he could see how. Yeah. So now we have Hal and his assistant, Jackson. They they are going into this like convenience store. And boy, I tell you what, <laughs> this convenient guy was like the best character on the this show. Great. <laughs> but <Yes. laughs> I can't even do his accent, but basically they're, they're so they what they want was they wanted a dollar worth of chips and they wanted yeah. ten pineapples. <laughs> the guys and the guy's like, Oh yes, good, good. You want ten pineapples? Yes, I'll get you good I get you I get you ten pineapples, no problem. Oh, you're looking great today, sir. Yes. And like yeah, and then they hear something like, Hey, we got a disturbance right there at the hospital op- and they all leave and he's all like, Whew It's like they do good work around here. So, yeah, the store crook was uh, something, something, something to believe everybody. And then there was like some random kids in there too, like this. Okay, it was really weird. Right. He kind of sounded like the store clerk from um, from The Simpsons a little bit. The Simpsons, exactly. He yes. sounds like a poo. So this is uh, the eighteen to thirty-four women territory scene. We see we see our boy Michael and we see our boy Lucas in. Speedos. Looking all tan and ready to go, brother. Yep, 1980s beach scenes. Yes, 1980s beach scenes, brother. And you could not tell me that these brothers, they didn't didn't stuff it full of something. Okay? Stuffed it, yeah. So... Well, I mean, I I didn't look that close, but I'll take your word for it. Listen, I I have to do uh, deep research on these films, okay? Yeah, is that what they call it now? (laughs) Yeah. So... (laughs) So the the whole gimmick over here was they're just by the lake, and I guess they got like a little house by the lake or whatever to stay at or something. So right. this is when Lucas breaks the news of why they're really there for Michael's revenge, and I don't know yeah. why we couldn't tell. There wasn't explained why we couldn't tell Gina. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, like oh yeah, yeah, we're telling you now. She's like, oh, I wish you guys would have told me, but it's all cool. I was like, okay, well, no, fuck she that. Told me, what she told me earlier. Yeah, that storyline didn't go anywhere. Okay, and then I wouldn't have come on this trip. <laughs> yes. So now Michael's like talking a little bit about like into Sandy and which is weird because it's like, okay, so this guy, like you, you, he, he said he wants revenge on the doctor and stuff, but he doesn't really explain yeah. to her why he wants revenge on her. And like, he doesn't really like, like he doesn't really like break down, like if he's cured or not, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, we just kind of see him. He's like a whole new person. He acts fine. And he's here for revenge, and him and his girlfriend just love each other. Like, yeah, well, I mean, that part I can get. Like, you know, like, I can understand, like, he spent all these years, in you know, in a mental institution because of what this doctor made him do, made him kill his parents. And um, now that he's out, he wants to get revenge on the doctor for ruining his life. I sort of understand that part of it. But the, the, It's okay. everything else that's confusing. Well, the problem, the problem that... I don't understand. It, okay. So the how gave him a serum, okay, to make mm-hmm. him like one of his generational death zombies, Mad Max characters. Yeah. But maybe he didn't do recurring treatment. That's why he didn't get all the radiation effect that these other ones did. Oh, I see what you're saying. But, like, why did he why did he not end up like the other zombies? Well that too, and and my thing is okay, this guy spent seven years in a psychiatric <laughs> psychiatric ward. This yeah. motherfucker, I mean, 
I mean, you don't just leave there and be like, oh, I'm fine now. You know what I mean? Like, of all that shit they probably put you on and all that stuff they put well, you through. okay, that's that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, remember you when we watched that, um, the Curtains movie? Yeah. Like, that was a good yeah. portrayal of that because she, she was she was in there and she was getting pumped with all these drugs and shit and she came out to be crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You know, semi-crazy. So. Semi, yeah. This but, guy, they just let him go, though. Yeah, there this guy go. just fine. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fine, brother. Seven years in there, no problem. Got my tan. So that's all that matters. <laughs> So the girl wants, hair. yeah, exactly. So the girl, uh, Sandy, wants them all to herself, and he's like, "I love you." It's like, okay. So now we're back at the hospital. Um, we have that pervert guy from earlier with the curly hair. Uh, the nurses are just like laughing at him for some reason, and they're staring. It's like, okay. So Hal's now. He just shows up. He takes over. He's like, "Mr. Marrow, uh, you were our first patient and stuff, and." You know, and then the guy's like, the pain, the pain is too much. Like, why, 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 you know, help me out with this damn pain in my head. And they, they, they go to like, go back into his head and stuff. And then like, he, he grabs him. The uh, marrow guy grabs the Dr. Howe. And then Dr. Howe kind of pushes his arm back. And then his head just like randomly, like, just like melts. And blows up. So. Yes. So basically we're seeing that. Tucker's theory was right because Hal's experiments are not foolproof. Like, they're not working, basically, like how he wants it to work. So you could tell Hal's getting, like, a little frustrated with the experiments. Um, but it's just, like, they're, they're, not, they're not working. They're making... They're not, the, the, the subjects are not lasting that long. So now we're at the World War II caves or tunnels. Okay. And yeah, Luke the ones is, they told him not to go into. Yes, the ones we're not supposed to go into, but we're going into to find hidden chambers to find out where this Dr. Howe is hiding his zombified experiments. Mm. So we're going there. Luke starts playing around because we have to have kids playing around in 80s movies. So they go in the cave, and of course the girls get lost. They're all lost. They all get all freaked out and stuff. They eventually like run into a wall. All right. <laughs> They're all like, hey, where's these guys at? They're cold. They're, you know, whatever. They don't like this. They're looking around. They hear a bunch of noises. And then eventually they see a body drop. And it's our boy, Marrow, who is dead. And the girls freak out. They run. And they run into the guys. And then out of nowhere, we have some sort of, like, bikers show up. Which is our, our two boys. Uh, Spider and Tex. Or, yeah. or, uh. What's the ones from What's the uh, What's the What's the ones from Ninja Turtles? You know? uh, uh, oh, Mac. Oh, 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 oh! If you hadn't asked me, um, was it Bo- you, uh, you, like the re- Bebop and Rocksteady? Yeah, yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady. That's yeah. what we got over here, brother. That's <laughs> what these two are. So this is another scene ripped from Mad Max. We have two guys, leather on on motorcycles, chasing yeah. our crew throughout the whole tunnels and they could never catch them. Mm. And then they keep reusing the same scene over and over again too. Oh yeah. A bunch of times actually with this one, they're like, brother, we need to fill this up. We only got these bikes for about an hour. Okay. So what I need you to do, we have this big light. We're going to need you to drive here, turn around. All right. We need you to drive, turn around and do this. And then uh, we're going to loop it a bunch of times. Okay. (laughs) We got to get to 82 minutes, brother. Yes. So they're like chasing them all around there. 
Um, they're trying to like get out of there. They're trying to go up and down stairs and all kinds of stuff. And then eventually, um, the bikers catch up to the group a little bit and they knock uh, Gina down. They, they, they knock her down and she hits her head. So she's all fucked up and bleeding and shit. Um, yeah. the, we get uh, the, the group takes Gina down and they kind of like put her up and stuff to kind of get her away. Um, and because she's bleeding and stuff, and they're about, they find like a, a way out to go on, on out of the tunnels uh, onto the surface. But uh, Lucas is like, "I'm gonna get those bastards." <laughs> all right, so they all go up there on the top. Lucas goes up there, and like he's just like randomly like pushing stuff around, and apparently he made like a trap. Okay, and he's basically mm. the, the biker guys are there now. Okay. And he's like taunting them, come over here, get me guys, get me this guy. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to get you. And then one biker guy just goes up in there and like he he hits the, the trap and then he gets impaled. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other one takes off his head, which I believe that one was Tex. And he looks at him. And mm-hmm. we, we now, because they were, they were hooded before, so now we know it's the Stooges. Okay. Yes. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, the Mad Max ripoffs, and now the guy's pissed. All right, all right, and then now we can see that the uh, the crew, the kids, they're not driving away now. But Gina, she needs to go to the hospital. All right, but Michael, he won't stop because he doesn't want to bring Gina to the to the hospital because he says it's, it's a mental institution. You don't want to go there. All right. No. It's not a local medical facility. Okay? If it's not a local medical facility, we can't go there. Okay? So, so she's bleeding to death. And, and, and Sandy, she's basically pleading with Michael to go to the freaking hospital because she's <laughs> going to bleed out and die. All yeah. right? But this guy, like the, it's like a big whole scene of him not wanting to do it. So after we see this, and she, he finally kind of convinces him to go to the to facility... And then we see Hal showing up in the tunnels. All right, and he sees um, the Stooges' body and stuff. And he's like, you know, what's what's going on with this? And then the Stooge guy's text was like, hey, you know, something's wrong with me and stuff inside. I'm not really sure what's going on. And there was these kids in these tunnels. And they got away. And the, the, Hal's like, who are they? And then Hal's like, I got no time for this. He's like, get rid of all this crap and get rid of this guy too and clean this all up. So the short hair guy texts. That's the one I believe is, that's his name. Mm-hmm. He is about to get killed by this, like, I don't know if they're, I guess they're security guards. Dudes in white uh, with their little lazy guns yeah. or something. So he just, like, chokes him out and stuff. So he doesn't he doesn't get killed. So Hal's plan of killing him is not doing it. And then we get this whole scene of, like, this, like, it's like, this didn't really make a lot of sense. So, Allison, let's say you have a whole facility of psycho patients, okay? And they're all connected into one room. Are you following me here? Uh, yeah. What would you do? Would you put a <laughs> highly secure door, you know, with some sort of modern 1980s technology, like a key or something, or like, you know, a laser pointer or like a, something with your fingernail? <laughs> Or would you put a fat cop on a steel chair to sit there and watch the whole facility when he's doing a nine to five? No, I mean, man, it's a 1980s movie. I would put this the fat cop on the steel chair. 
with the keys just hanging out on his belt buckle <laughs> saying like this man this is my part-time job there better not be some crazy guy killing me out here to release all the demons please not yeah they don't pay me enough for that shit yeah so Texas comes right behind him, kills him super easy, and then he releases the hounds of the, well, the psycho patients. So they're all, there's a bunch of them now, and they're all free. All like my notes. He released more Mad Max creatures. <laughs> well, I mean, that's true. So no shit, too. Like, mm. after that happened, there was like a transition, and it looked like one of those Star Wars transitions. With the uh, the wipe, yeah, the wipe, yeah. I was yeah. like, "What the fuck?" Like, it's like the only, the only, this like the editor guys. Like, I'm just gonna put shit in here randomly. This is gonna be one of them. Yep. So now they're at. Okay, this part was this part was great. Okay. Uh, this is probably like my favorite scene of the movie. So they're at like this old like cabin, and there's like country music playing <laughs> in the background. All right. <laughs> L- I love this. Lucas can't get the phone to work at first. <laughs> Lucas calls up the institute. That's what they call it, the institute. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we yeah, got a, yeah. we got, a, we got an injured girl here. I was like, hey, who, are, who are you? I'm calling up. Who, who is this? And then on the other line is that fucking Jackson dude from earlier who wanted the fucking <laughs> pineapples and shit. Like Hal's assistants. He's like, hey man, like, uh, like we got a little emergency here. Yeah, some 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 crazy guy released all these psycho patients. I don't know why I thought it was so. And then, sci- our 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 killers are psycho patients. Okay, and the guy's like, psycho patient. You're like, what are you talking about? And then the bar guy's like, he's like, oh shit, not again. <laughs> like, yeah, that was one of the notes that I made. That's my favorite part of the whole movie when he's. The guy's got like it's a breakout of psycho patients, and the other guy's like, "Oh no, not again!" Like, how often does this happen? <laughs> how, this guy was all prepared for it. It was like the bar owner. Yeah, like as- <laughs> there's nobody at the bar. It's just Lucas trying to make a phone call. <laughs> Michael comes in. They're trying to make this phone call. The the, the bar guy just hears it. It's like, "Oh fuck, not again, brother!" All right, let's lock up the doors here. It's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like how often how often do they have a breakout of psycho patients? Yeah, it's. So during all this, the two girls are in the car, all right? Because um, because Sandy's trying to console uh, um, um, uh, Jenny, and um, then then like after all this, the psycho patients start attacking. Like they're quick, Merler. All right. These, oh yeah. These yeah. are like those Halloween fucking uh, psycho patients, right. bro. They get there in the scene yeah. quickly. Okay. They're not. Yeah, they're not like uh, Walking Dead type psycho no. patient zombies. They're no, they know how to like, run, brother. Yeah, they get that yeah, speed going fine. on. So they start to break it through the windows. They start getting the, the doors and shit over here. Um, they start just like tearing this place apart. And during all this too, the uh, the main guy Tex, I guess he's part of the crew, the psycho crew, and he just like takes like he just takes all the cable <laughs> lines and just tears them out. Yep. Like, you know, in, like, mo- mostly horror movies, we see some guy with, like, cutters and stuff. You know, they'll cut the line, yeah. they cut the phone line. This guy just grabs him, just yeah, put, pops him out, guy. no problem. He just pulls him out, yeah. Yeah. So, and then the the, the World Warrior guy texts, he's like, nothing will stop me. So now when all the uh, psycho people start ca- attacking the bar, the bar one's like, hey, you better bring that girl inside. So they go, they try to go grab both of the girls while the attacks are going on, but they only get Sandy. So they're all in the uh, 
they're on the bar, all the all the psychos are attacking everything, and uh, they're all like attacking outside the car, trying to break into the car, and apparently our boy, the bartender, is like, all right, guys, I'm going out there, all right? I'm not sure why he went out there, but he's like, the bartender goes out there, he's like, everybody, you all know me, and then he just gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, because at first I thought, okay, well, this guy's used to these psychotic yeah. patients that, uh, that escape all the time, but then he then he just immediately gets killed. Yeah. So they're okay. Sure. So after all this, they, they, they're about to be attacking this, the Jenny's girl in her car and stuff, but then all yeah. the, uh, the, the doc, basically the doctor, Jackson, and all his white crew show up, and they start pushing back some of these psycho zombies. And they eventually gather up the whole crew, all the kids and everything, and they're and then they they are now the bad guys again, and they take the crew, all the kids, they take them back to the institution. And Jackson's like, "We're gonna take you, Michael. We're taking you to Doctor Howe. That's what we're doing with you." Uh oh. So like they're all like in the truck, get in there. We see Jenny's like she's basically about to be dead because she's losing so many blood, so much blood. They're in this ambulance and stuff. Mm-hmm. Going back to get taken to Dr. Howe. And eventually they get attacked more. But more. They actually get to the hospital right. In the van. And more psycho patients are all running over the hospital. And just taking over everything. And all the kids actually just go in to the hospital now. Maybe to go find Jennings some stuff. To get better. To cure her blood loss. Yes. <laughs> And then yeah. they're all walking around here. Then Michael's like telling the crew, hey, I'll be back. Because, you know, he wants revenge, brother. All right. And he said he'll promise he'll be back. So he looks around yeah. and automatically gets knocked out. Okay. So we don't see him for a while. <laughs> all right. His contract's okay. only for a couple scenes, brother. Right. Yeah. He has, he, yeah. He went on vacation during this part of the movie. So now they... They're in this uh, little part of the hospital, and they inject uh, Gina with something. I guess to make her feel stop bleeding or get better or something. I'm not really sure what it was. Yeah, sure. She uh, so stop now bleeding injection. Yeah, so now she's like freaking out. Gina, she's like she just wants to go home, and she's basically thinks she's gonna die. Okay, and of course Luke is like, I'm not leaving without you. I'm not leaving without you. You know, and then some of the psycho patients are attacking the door. And they're like, "Hey, Jane, we're gonna put you in this room, but she doesn't be she doesn't want to be left in that room." But Luke is like, "Hey, don't worry about it. I'll be back. We're gonna take care of this. We're gonna come back for you." And they leave. And of course, after they leave, okay, uh, there's a that's creepy what the shit is a fan. That's what the shit is a fan. <laughs> so one of the psycho character guys are in the same room as as uh, uh, Jennings and yeah. or Gina. Gina. She's in the same room as Gina. And she notices the guy, and she just starts throwing shit. Okay, she just starts throwing stuff at him. And eventually, she she throws the wrong thing, where the guy like catches on fire, and then he's so much on fire that he catches her on fire, and then the place just blows up. I was like, "Well, fuck!" There, there she goes. All right. <laughs> 
This should it be funny, but it is. Like, it's like, all right, well, there you go. So We're, ridiculous. There was no, there was no explanation of why she heard strange noises. There was no explanation of why we couldn't tell her to come here. There was no explanation of pretty much anything with her character. She's just like, okay, she, well, you're she, here, you get knocked down, and now you're dead. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Realistically, she could have not even been in this movie, and the plot would not have been. She was there so we can have these horny psychopaths stare at her in the car yeah, while she had exactly. sex with Lucas. That's why she was here. Exactly. That's exactly why she said it. She's just like uh, that was it, brother. Like you know, eye candy, basically. She was also here so we could have like a we we got a budget for a fi- somebody being lit on fire. Her fire. So we need to we need to cover that. Okay, we need something. Like but that. she likes she like sets the zombie guy on fire. But then he's so much on fire that he's. <laughs> I came so the straight face. Then he sets her on fire too. Yeah, she couldn't leave the room. I guess they locked the room too. And that's it. So, and they blow up in there. So I like my notes here. So we see a nizzer, uh, <laughs> Let me see. So we see a nurse, and she got scissored to death. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that is what happened. Yeah, there's like a piece of scissors, and she got scissors to death. Okay, come on now. So now Luke Lucas somehow found out. So we don't know. I guess he found out that Jenna died, and I was all upset, saying like I was supposed to. She was supposed to survive, and she was supposed to be back here. I kind of fucked that one up, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, that's totally. And then Sandy's like saying like trying to stop him out of it, saying it's not your fault. You're not. It's not your fault. All right. So now, so now we have we're back with Hal, and he's doing yeah. surgery on a brain. This is when he, this is when we use the same footage from that earlier right. surgery. Yeah, right, it's the exact same footage we yeah. saw earlier. Even even with the the blood going on the nurse's face, which I believe is the same <laughs> nurse that they had scissored too. So it's like fuck. There's reason everybody on this shit. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really astounding. It's just mm-hmm. I mean, did they not know? Did they not think anybody would notice? That yeah. It's the same scene. I mean, I understand it. Like, trust me. Like I. I mean, I've said since day one of the show that that I hate when people make fun of movies because they didn't because the guy that made it didn't have enough money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I hate it. I hate that. Like that's one of the reasons I hate Mystery Science Theater three thousand because I feel like they're just making fun of people who tried their best. But like, like they had they had enough money for like one really good scene of brain surgery. But they used it three times in the same in the movie, yeah, or at least twice, at least twice. And it's just, it's like, did they not think anybody would notice this is literally the same scene, the, the literally the same footage like, again? I, like they well, they it. added they added one new thing of him touching the brain, pulling that fucking well, thing right. out. Yeah, that when they're pulling the thing out of it, yeah, yeah. But you know, I can you know I get it. Like you know, I mean, you gotta fuck it. I mean. Just fuck it. Just put it in there, brother. Fuck it. See what happens. <laughs> everybody watching the movie is probably drunk. But everybody watching the movie like drunk or high anyway. It doesn't matter. Huh? That was that was that was probably like the whole mindset when they were yeah. making this. Like, I just fuck just it. Fuck just fuck it. it. So now Hal's like, oh, crap, another one. Clean it up. So Hal's like saying, like, okay, we got another one to clean up. And then now Michael gets introduced to Hal again. And Michael's yeah. calling him a murderer. And Hal's saying, oh, Michael, you were supposed to be part of that vision of mine. The vision of the new generation. And then, you know, 
Michael's like, I will never be part of your new vision or anything like that. You're just a murderer. And then like, then he's like, Michael, let me show you something. So now, now Hal has become a Scooby-Doo villain where he has to show his whole plot line <laughs> before he gets killed. Okay. Yeah. Like in, <laughs> like in every, yeah. almost every more horror movie and then Scooby-Doo minus the killing. Yeah. Or James Bond. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, let me tell you my plot before I kill you. Let me tell you my yes. plan before I kill you. Yeah, let me tell you this plan before I <laughs> So apparently and I, let me get this let me ask you I hope I'm getting this right. So apparently okay. Hal was saying, Let's look at all this. Look at all my experiments and me going to people's brain yeah. and putting this fucking something in there to make them zombie Mad Max characters. Right. This is yeah. apparently happening everywhere. Every, everywhere is doing so, this now. I assume so. You know, like, it's not just me. Like, I got 100 facilities around here, brother. Okay? Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of them. New Zealand, got it on check. Okay? Australia, <laughs> check. No, no problem. United States, we're getting there, brother. We got some domestic deals over there. No problem. We got it on check. Nope. Okay? Nope. And, and then, like, during all this, like, Michael, he picked up a knife that was just conveniently laying right there. Okay? And he's all like, oh, I see you got a knife in your hand. Uh, by the way, you can't kill me. Because if you kill me, that none of them will ever come back to life. Okay? So you'll all be fucked, you know, if you, if you kill me. All right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I can make them alive again. Trust me, Michael. Trust me. And then, of course, Michael stabs him three times. Yeah. And I thought it was just only to be three times, three times. But no. Six times. Yes. So, but then now Michael stabs him more. He stabs him more than six times. More than six times. More than six times. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, um, and then he just, so there goes Hal. He's been stabbed up to death. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're ha- so now during all this stuff, we have the main psycho character, Tex, I believe. Um, mm. he, he is now there. He, he is like the, the, the lone, s- Bad, lone, bad psycho guy, I guess. So he, I, I guess, yes. And then he's basically saying, like, you know, he 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 starts to fight with Lucas, okay. And he has like an axe, and he eventually kills Lucas with the axe. So there goes Lucas. He just died like fucking easy. Yeah. So we see a scene that's on the cover of the one of the movie posters of this text guy's face, <laughs> saying, uh I'll get you. I will get you. I'll get all. you all. <laughs> I will pay. Which is awesome. I mean, that's fucking great. Like, if I saw that on a movie poster, yeah. I'd be like, "Yeah, was this." So but, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out why this guy's called Tex. I fucking. But, like, I mean, he's not from Texas, right? I'm. I'm <laughs> still. Not- I'm still confused about what this how was doing. <laughs> like, was his plan yeah, to make like, him like radiation zombies? zombie demons or something? I have no uh, yeah. idea. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I don't understand his plan. I mean, maybe if we saw Dr. Evil part one, we understand. Yeah, where's our part one at, brother? At at this point, I don't, I don't get it. So Michael now gets his knife up. I guess they're going to fight or something. And then like, like, nothing really happens. It just like fades. And and then they're randomly driving in in the car. Mm, But like the Undertaker dong in the background. Yep. Like, did I miss something here? Like, nope. The, <laughs> well, so what, I mean, yes, but we all missed it because it's not in the fucking movie. So, so okay. So the guy is gonna destroy them all. 
He has an axe, yeah. and Michael has a knife, and then we just like cut the scene. Yeah, so we assume I'm I'm assuming that Michael killed him. Or was it supposed to be Michael? I don't know. I mean, like, I'm assuming that there was a big fight that they couldn't afford to film and but and, it faded. And Michael defeated him. So it's faded, right? And like we have yeah. like Michael and Sandy driving in the car. We have like this a lot of a lot of like you know the Undertaker's dong. Yeah, <laughs> like in the Undertaker's background. dong. Yeah, <laughs> it's like in the background really... for some reason. Like, why is this here? Like, there's no cemeteries around here. There's no church. But why is this here? So the so now Sandy's like they both died. Like she's uh, talking about Lucas and and Jenna and Janine. Yeah. And she's asking, like, you know, why, why, why did they have to die? And like, Michael's like, well, why well, did it? it? It was me. I did it. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, do you mean that you physically did it? Like, you were the one that was controlled by Hal's experiments, and you were this text guy the whole time. Or do you mean you just brought him over here? And that's why you did it. That wasn't really explained. So did he? Do- it wasn't explained, but I thought that's what he meant was that he take he's taking responsibility for. Like his his plot of revenge got everybody killed is what yes. I was taking out of that, but I, who knows? So now Sam's asking what he what he's talking about, and he just like randomly touches her face, <laughs> and so are we. And yeah. then we then we see a burning car. Yeah. All right. And Sandy's freaking out because I guess the place that they were staying on this luxury island burned down. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's also on fire. Yeah, for some reason. And strange, strangely. So now, coincidentally, oh, so, so now Michael's leaving the car, saying, "Hey, Sandy's like, hey, don't go out there. We're still alive." And she's like begging for him not to go out there. And then Michael starts walking around crying. Yeah. Yeah. And then they look up, they see this guy who's working on an electric pole at nighttime. And the pole falls down. Oh, the electric wires on the pole falls down. Michael's like, oh shit. And it falls down on him and electrocutes him. And Sandy goes up there and he cries and that's it. So. So. (laughs) I have to say that if the movie had not ended at this point, I would have fucking cut it off. Well, then she runs away, though. Like she does, she, she runs away, and there's a little bit more. But, um, but I mean, it's it's it's. Why? I don't I don't even know what I just saw. Well, I'm just really, I'm just kind of confused. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Like, if, I don't know if anybody does like a deep dive of this and stuff. Because you know, retro blood, we just show up for the party, brother. You know what I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I like to yeah, do deep dives and stuff as I can, but. Now, are we supposed to believe has an audience that Michael was the killer of the two people? Or did he mean that he was responsible by just bringing them to this killer island? Well, that's what I, t- I took was that he was he was responsible because he brought him to the island for okay. some reason. Because but, I thought because he smiled and touched her face, I thought he was going to kill her at the end. It's like, okay, there was just a swerve the whole time. But it wasn't. This motherfucker just, I mean, like, I mean, he, he, he he just died by electrical pole failure for some reason. Yeah. Some like, reason. like he just like, he like, why did like that it's happen? just an accident? Now, like, right. Like it's just an accident. Like he just, I, I don't even know what to say. Well, and, and it, and it, you know, I mean, the show requires us to talk, but I really don't know what to say about this. Cause 
I mean, like, so they go through this whole ordeal, and you could you could come out of this thinking that okay, well, Michael got wanted his revenge and he got his revenge, but now he feels bad because he got all of his friends killed, and then the electrical pole breaks and he gets electrocuted and dies. Well, the only thing I could think of as well too is the Dr. Howe did say there's a millions of experiments going on as we speak right now. So maybe maybe Michael, by killing Dr. Howe, has now killed the entire world, and then now he realizes it. Because that's why there was like a pole hanger on there. That's why the house got blown up, because the world's coming to an end now. Because he killed a doctor well, who pretty, was doing brain surgery stuff. Uh, Maybe that's that was, pretty deep, dude. I know. See, the thing is, I'm gonna make Doctor Evil Part One, and it'll be a little <laughs> bit more explained from then. All right? And we'll release it in the Philippines. Yeah, the Philippines. Yes, it'll be a, a prequel to Doctor Evil Part Two. So yes, that is our journey through Mad Scientist Hal, the man so, who. <sighs> Who somehow had one island, but yet he connected that one island to the whole Earth. So, I didn't hate this. I didn't hate it either. I, I, thought, I did think I it was kind of that, boring. I, I can't say that I, I, I loved it. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't hate it. I mean, it's... it, It's... it's what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it, it they make some really odd choices... And I don't know why any of this happened or or how or maybe if we were from New Zealand it would make more sense, um, maybe. But uh, if there's any New Zealanders out there, maybe this makes sense to you. But it's not that different than other New Zealand horror movies from its time, because you know uh, Peter Jackson is from New Zealand, and before he made before he won an Academy Award for uh, one of those Lord of the Rings movies. He made other movies that were not too dissimilar to this. Um, you know, I mean, he made movies like Bad Taste, which is real similar to this, and Meet the Feebles and Brain Dead. Those are, you know, they're just kind of these crazy, like, you know, oddball, weirdo horror films. So they're not that unusual for, for a New Zealand movie, I guess. But, like, it's just so strange in that it doesn't really make any sense. And there's like five minutes of story in, in this 82-minute movie that we watched. Well, brother, we got to get the Speedos, <laughs> and we got to get the fucking brains <laughs> in the movie. Okay, that's what we need. We got to get needles in the ass. Yeah, and, needles in yeah. the ass. That's what we need, brother. Okay. I mean, the brain surgery scene was like the best the best scene in the whole movie, other than the guy saying that, oh, no, not again, when the psycho patients <laughs> escape. Oh, yeah, that was a bad. We need more of that guy. Let's do a it's whole, like how often does I'll do happen? a whole backstory and just a bartender. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but everybody, I hope you all enjoyed the Mad Scientist Month here on the Retro Blood for the month wow, of crazy. March. <clears throat> or is it April? I can't even remember my months now. It's April. It's April. It's April, April brother. For the month of it's for April. the month it's of April. May soon. So we will be back for the month of May. Yeah. As we continue this train ride of 1980s <laughs> horror movies with the retro blood because we are talking all about proms and schools and yeah. 1980s horror movies brother and i bro you, i can't wait 
because we're gonna oh, get all that it, it, we're gonna get all that drama here on the retro. It's only up from here. <laughs> it's only up here, brother. It we're gonna can, get can all only that. get better. It's gonna be great, brother. We're gonna be doing. We're gonna start off hot because we're gonna do yeah. the original prom night. Hell yeah! Jamie Lee Curtis is back on the retro blood. She's back, brother. Can't wait, and I, I'm pretty excited about this one too because I yeah. I've known about Prom Night for a long time, mm-hmm. but I never seen the movie before. Yeah, so, yeah. And I'm and I'm pretty excited about seeing the sequel too because we're gonna be doing that one as well. A little little spoiler yeah. there, but that should be very fun, everybody. We're gonna be doing proms in high schools for the month of May. So uh, we might do a special lights out, but it depends on our schedule. We'll let you guys know what that yep. one is about. But everybody. Thank you for joining us on this journey through Mad Scientists. I mean, we saw we saw some we saw some good stuff this month. I mean, we did we did uh, we did we did the Fly one and two. All right, Reanimator with our boy Seth trying to fucking uh, transfer himself back and forth just to get some booty, but it turned out terribly wrong. Like I said, we saw Reanimator. All right, Herbert West. And his and his, uh, his 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 lifelong mission to cheat death. Yep. All right. We saw from beyond. Yeah, we with got Barbara Crampton in a thong. In a thong, yes. Some yep. S and M floating flying sperm fish. Great. And of course, death warmed up with Doctor Hal and his <laughs> confusing take over your world plot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then it's Michael with his death. yes, Michael and his tan body and speedo. After getting out of a insane mm. asylum, perfect though everybody. But I guess also I guess we'll play some of that Stonehenge. Yeah, let's play Wings of Steel. Wings of Steel, brother. Because if, if if Lucas, if he had some Wings of Steel, if he had a better written plot, <laughs> if he if he had you know, maybe like a little two seconds, he went and got chopped down by that axe. Yeah, by Tex. And he'd still be alive to, to see the, the destruction that Michael created by killing Doctor How. So. Yeah, why didn't why didn't why didn't Michael just go to the island by himself to kill Doctor How? Well, you know, you gotta bring friends along to help out. You know, you don't want to be bored. Okay, duh. Right, I yeah. brought his lover too. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna bring you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm gonna go on this revenge mission, and I'm gonna take my girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, come on, gotta be satisfied somehow. All right, everybody. And that would be it for this episode of Retro Bub. We will see you here next week on brand new month of May. Talking all about prom night. We will see you prom then. Prom night. Later, everybody. See you guys. <laughs>